The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The 14th chapter, beginning in the 22nd verse. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat, by this time, was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So everyone knows that uh, I grew up in the desert of southwest Texas in El Paso. And I have a few confessions, I guess, to make this morning. Some of you have heard me say them before, but um, I'd never seen a shrimp with its head on until I moved to South Carolina. Okay, there's enough laughing. That's, that wasn't a joke. That was the truth. When I learned to scuba dive, the closest place to get certified for that dive was two and a half hours away. You had to drive that far to get enough water of enough depth to get certified to go scuba diving. Maybe you're getting a picture here that the water and the ocean are not my native sort of land. But needless to say, living in a place where the ocean and the rivers are a way of life has been an adjustment uh, for me to try and understand the, the lifestyle that it is. And I've enjoyed every minute of it and have been blessed tremendously by uh, the, the experience and the wisdom of so many who have grown up here and know it. But for me, it is like just foreign territory. And I was reminded this week as I was thinking about one of those boat adventures that Nancy and I had taken on the water. It was one Sunday afternoon. Very dear friends, members of the parish invited us to take a boat trip, to take a picnic, and to go over toward of to, sort of to Camp St. Christopher and to the island that is there. And, you know, it sounded great to us. It sounded like a lot of fun to, to take an adventure. And so we got off and, and off we went. And, and everything was really going great. It was wonderful until suddenly, suddenly, completely unexpectedly, one of the storms popped up in the North Edisto. Rain, lightning, thunder. I think there was even some hail. 
um, since you're already laughing at me, uh, we were in the boat and it was pouring and it was, it was terrifying. We had our towels and we were covered over like that, you know, trying to just stay safe of some Neville, whatever. And I would tell you that our seasoned boaters would agree it was quite a storm. It's not a fishtail that I'm telling you. They would tell you it was pretty much a storm. Nancy and I didn't have a clue what to do. It was pretty terrifying, if I'm completely honest. Well, obviously we survived, and they actually got us safely to the shore and safety, and all four of us knew that ultimately the Lord had been watching over us in this very brief but terrifying storm. But in the moment, while we were there, it was way too easy to be afraid, way too easy to be scared and to not know what to do or what was going to happen. You see, as long as things go as expected, as long as things go as you've planned and as you've prepared and you've gotten ready for, no problem. Off you go. But when things don't go the way they were planned, when something totally unexpected happens, that's when we need something more. That's when something outside of ourselves is needed. You know we refer to this as our faith. We need God's help to be outside of ourselves. If we could handle it all ourselves, there'd be really no need for the Lord's help. And so we find ourselves often in these situations and circumstances where we're in desperate need, and it's the Lord who comes to meet that need for us. We have another pretty familiar gospel this morning, and it picks up where we left off uh, last week, last Sunday. Last Sunday, you recall, Jesus had fed the crowd, the 5,000 men, along with women and children. And now Matthew continues this uh, scene for us, the story for us, and he tells us that Jesus immediately made the disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Isn't it interesting when the disciples were faced with the prospect of feeding the 5,000, right? When they had that, that trouble, when they didn't know what to do, and the disciples told Jesus, well, you, you send the crowds away. S send the crowd back to the city, tell them to go get their food and, and do that, and back to their village. And, and instead, now, Jesus says to them, you go. You get in the boat and you go away. I'll dismiss the people. We see again that, that what we might expect to happen doesn't often happen. God's plans are not always what we expect. Still, they obeyed, and they all got in the boat, and they headed to the other side. I wonder if anyone here this morning has that sort of experience in your own life, where your plans were that they were going to be this way, and you were going to go do this, and you were going to do that, and it was all going to fall like this, and then it all changes in, in maybe even a heartbeat. Everything completely changes and turns around. We frequently remind ourselves, don't we, that, that we're really not in charge. We really aren't in control of every single circumstance and activity that's going to take place in our lives. We're reminded of that again this morning because the disciples thought they had it, changed, and then it changed again. It's the way it is in a life of following Jesus. And I'm reminded this is a, a, a group of 
experienced seamen who Jesus has told these disciples, they, they were fishermen, right? And he says, get in the boat and, and go to the other side. Take the boat and go to the other side of the lake. No problem. Done it many times before, right? Yet we note in verse 24 of Matthew's Gospel where he records that he says, when they were a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them, and it's now the fourth watch. These experienced men on the water are struggling to get across the Sea of Galilee. They're fighting against the wind, the waves are beating against them, and by now it's the fourth watch, which would be between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Their routine journey, their simple task of going just across the sea has become much more difficult. This is really my, my favorite part of this story, the whole part that takes place here. You know, it's Jesus who made the disciples to get into the boat and go. You know, for centuries following, Christians have seen the image of the disciples in the boat as a picture of the church. Often the, the very structure that we gather together in is referred to in nautical terms, ship boat terms. Remember, desert, okay? Think about it. Jesus puts his disciples together, puts them in a boat, working together in the same boat to go across the water. And they've been to get it, at it together now for a long time. The wind has beat against them. The waves have been crashing against them. Sounds like the church to me. Did you notice that it was their obedience, their obedience, they followed what Jesus told them to do, right? He said, get in the boat and go. They got in the boat and they went, right? It's their obedience, it's their obedience that leads and results in their difficult and perilous journey. Think about it. They obeyed Jesus and all those things happened. wonder how often have you heard or thought, if I follow Jesus, especially in the church, It'll make my life easier. Everything will go smoothly. Everything will be right, perfect, no problems. I'm doing what Jesus told me to, so there'll be no struggles, no problems. Okay, friends, wake up, because here these disciples did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They got in the boat, they went off, and they faced the wind against them, and the waves pounding against them. Not so much when we go, when he calls us, we can expect the wind to be against us and the waves to beat against us. Why do we keep being surprised? And in the midst of it, now all of a sudden, the disciples, struggling, working hard, they see someone walking towards them, and they think it's a ghost coming at them. And they're terrified. They cry out in fear. Going when and where Jesus calls, together with other disciples, facing hard challenges and being terrified. Yep, it sounds like the church to me. Uh, but it's so important to not miss what else is going on in this story. For after Jesus sends the disciples off in the boat together, he dismisses the crowd, 
And then he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well, now that's a common practice of Jesus, to go off by himself into the wilderness, into the mountain to pray. But I found when I was on one of our trips to the Holy Land, when I was on the side of one of those very mountains and looking out onto the Sea of Galilee, I gained a whole new perspective and understanding. You see, the Sea of Galilee is relatively small. It's only eight miles across. And so when you go up on the side of a mountain, you can literally see easily all the way across to the other side of the mountain. Are you beginning to get the picture that I had when I was there? Jesus was up on the side of the mountain praying while they were in the boat struggling. Who knows, maybe while they were there, they might have asked themselves, well, why didn't he come with us? Doesn't he care? Can you relate? Have you ever felt when you're out in the midst of a storm of your own life where, well, where's God in all this? And yet what a powerful picture we have this morning. Jesus praying for us in the midst of the storm. And he sees everything. He has a perspective above all of what's going on in our lives. And he knows what's behind, what's ahead, and where we are. He hadn't deserted them. He was watching over them, interceding for them, which is exactly what he's doing for us right now. But more than that, more than simply watching over them and interceding them, he comes to them, right? He comes and he walks on the water and he comes to them. Now it would be later, um, after his before his crucifixion and resurrection and ascension, that he would promise the disciples that he was never going to leave them. You see, he promised them, which has been fulfilled for you and me, that he'd send the Holy Spirit to come alongside us, to be with them and to be with us. That promise is true this morning, that whenever we're in that storm, whenever in, we're going through whatever we're going, he's interceding at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is with us, present wherever we are. For me, I've been reflecting this past week on what, what I guess I might describe as all the waves that this body, this church, this boat has experienced and is going through right now. And, and I found myself thinking, you know, if you had asked me six, maybe eight months ago whether we would add a, a service outside in front of my house on the lawn with circles on the ground, um, a 30-minute service, I, I would have just laughed at you. I said, we'll never do that. It's hot. No, we'd never. We'd never do that. If you told me that this year's Youth Quest would be also on the rectory lawn in circles, no way. Or Vacation Bible School, a one-night family on the lawn event. Never would have believed any of those things were a part of what would be our future. But yet, that's exactly what this past week has looked like exactly what's been going on and my oh my has God been present in the midst of every bit of it and we come this morning to to communion in individual chalice cups I'd have said absolutely no way but let me tell you when the box filled with those communion cups arrived there was such excitement in the office 
and all around sort of in the parish about, oh my gosh, we're going to be able to take communion again, radically different than we've ever taken it ever, but we're going to be able to participate because it's not the form, it's the substance. It's not the form. It's not that it's a, a week-long vacation at Bible school from 9 to 12. It, it's not that, that the communion comes in a particular way. It's the source. It's the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that we'll receive this morning. And we see those disciples. There they are, struggling in the boat against the waves, and it's beating against them, and they're terrified, and, and Jesus comes to them. He says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. You see, he comes in the midst of all that chaos that we find in our lives, accentuated with the virus in our current circumstances, but it's true wherever we find ourselves, that he comes and his peace comes with him to take heart because he's present with us to not be afraid. So there it is this morning. When, when Jesus sends us out and life gets hard, when we face challenges, when we face doubts, we can trust that he's not only watching over us, he's with us in the storm as well. Can you relate this morning? Have application to your own circumstances? I wonder, has life, has the pandemic, have any other challenges that you're facing, your, your job, stress within your own home? Has it started to overwhelm you? Have the waves of life started to beat against you? Hear Jesus' words this morning. Take heart. It's I. Do not be afraid. Now before we close this morning, Matthew includes this powerful scene of Peter who is in the boat with the other disciples and when he does indeed finally recognize that it's Jesus walking towards them, Peter says something that I, 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 I just stopped on this week as I read it. Peter says, if it is you, if it is you, you just fed the 5,000? You just walked on the water and came up? If it's you, command me to come on the water. Peter, impetuous Peter. But isn't the Lord gracious with us? Even after he's demonstrated his power in our lives and we, and we still say, if it's you, Lord. If. He still is gracious with us. Even after all they had seen and been a part of with the feeding of the 5,000 and coming to Peter and walking on the water, that Peter speaks a voice I suggest for all of us as we're on our spiritual journey where doubt creeps in and fear comes over us. Jesus still comes. He still comes to us. He still comes in the midst of where we are. And in response, Jesus says, Come. Come. Don't, don't forget, the storm is still raging, right? He's in the middle of the storm, and he says, come. Here again, a reminder that following Jesus, coming to him where he calls us, doesn't mean there won't be storms. But the lesson Peter learns that we're reminded of this morning is that when we keep our focus on Jesus, not on the storm, we'll be able to survive the storm. You know the saying, don't, don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell your problems how big God is. So when Peter 
does look at his problems, he begins to sink in the water. Again, Jesus lovingly reaches out to him, takes hold of his hand, and they both get in the boat. What a great gospel lesson for us this morning. As a group of people, as a, a body of Christ, as a part of the church, Jesus sends us out together where we will face storms together, where the wind will beat against us. And when we step out, we'll often be overwhelmed and we'll be frightened. But we're reminded this morning, he's ever interceding for us and he promises to be with us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are continuing to face a storm in our lives, in our country, in our community, all around the world. So I thank you for the reminder this morning of your promise to be with us in the middle of that storm and to intercede for us. I pray for your strength for each and every member of this body that as we continue together to serve and minister in your name, you'd strengthen and guide us. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.